Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. the junction in the grove and to the top this this is sports talk mississippi on your radio and in the game right here on super talk mississippi what a day what a glorious day it is opening day well Not for us. We've been talking about baseball for months now. It is opening day at the major league level. Games going on right now because nobody markets themselves quite like baseball. They have their start of the season at noon on a Thursday. Baseball. I like day baseball. You're not gonna you're not gonna sell me on this one. I I day baseball opening day. You want a full I want games all day on opening day. That's the only way to do this. So yeah, you need to introduce it at night. You you pick two games on Wednesday night, prime time. Here's baseball, and then do your Cincinnati Reds thing at noon, the the day after. Yeah. Would the NFL ever start a game at noon on a workday? The first game would it ever be at noon on a workday? No. Would the NBA ever do that? Would college football ever do that? Baseball does it, but hey. It is. Uh, it's awesome. It's here. Uh, the Braves are playing right now. They've got a seven to two lead. There you go, Braves fans. Uh, welcome to the season. Kicking Washington's butt right now. Twelve hits, five combined errors. By the way, I didn't know that. Uh, I was about to take a shot. Nah, 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 nah. I, I, I pulled it back. Don't you dare! I pulled it back. Right. But, but hey, the pros do it too. But yeah, the Braves leading the Nationals right now. The Orioles smoking the Red Sox 8-2 right now. The Cubs have a 4-0 lead over the Brewers. Tigers Rays 1-0 in favor of uh, the St. Petersburg Devil Rays. Something like that. And a bunch of big yeah. slate of games later on uh, today. You. There's one you left off. I appreciate that. I appreciate you leaving that off. Did it, oh, is it final? Is that why? Oh, it is final. i got to scroll yeah, all the way down. The Yankees beat the Giants 5 to nothing. Good news, they'll be 81 and 80 the rest of the way. Over 500. <laughs> you can't go 161 and 1 without losing one, right? You can't. You can't. It's not possible. So, uh, I, no. I did love that. Aaron, I, I don't love this, actually. It, it's just more funny than anything else. Aaron Judge's first pitch that he saw was a ball that was six inches off the plate, called a strike. And then the next one, he hit 475 feet to dead center. Four. Yeah, I remember the Aaron Judge era of San Francisco Giants, and uh, it was too short. It's too short. 
Brad, you're right. It says to be fair, they have like three thousand games. What did Jeff Passan said the number this morning? I'm sure that I could pull it up on Google, but it was like it's like two thousand four hundred and sixty or something like that, or two thousand six hundred and forty major league baseball games that are played. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's whatever it is. It's one hundred sixty-two times what thirty? I don't know how many teams are. And then plus the playoffs. Oh yeah, I don't count that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's a it's a ton. So yeah. Uh, for for sure, but anyway, but there's still a magic to opening day. Absolutely, there is. There is a magic yeah. to opening day, and it is here. And we're glad that you guys are here. I'm Michael Borky. He's Brian Haydad. Welcome into the show. You want to be a part of it? Richard's off today. He'll be back tomorrow. Uh, where we'll be at uh, Dancing Rabbit. Well, Richard and Haydad will be there. I have an, an obligation that is keeping me home tomorrow. Uh, but I'll be on the show, just not with them at the golf course, unfortunately, because I was really looking forward to seeing all the work that they did. Uh, but I, I will not be there. Uh, they've they've done a ton of stuff there. It's it's going to be quality. I'll have. I'll just oh, I have thought to go you meant it. like the work me and Richard are going to do. I'm like, we're not. Gonna, I'm not doing work. <laughs> no, no, the golf Absolutely course. Not. They've they've done a ton of work to the golf courses up there, and um, uh, we the show. This show is going there uh, in honor of that, and I, I won't be there, but I'll be here with you guys still. But anyway, uh, looking forward to that uh, tomorrow, and Richard will be back tomorrow. Just a day off for him, and uh, we'll see him again tomorrow. We'd love to have you be a part of the show today, though, on the text line, 601 879 We get somebody, we get a baseball hater here, says, Magic to 5,000 fans in a 45,000-seat stadium. Okay, he says. Where's that happening? I mean, that'll happen in two weeks, but where's that happening today? Some people just don't want to be happy. They just don't want to be happy. They want to. They 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 want to be miserable. They just want to be like, you know what? Life sucks, and oh god, yeah. So just just enjoy it, man. Enjoy your misery. I'm going to enjoy the magic of opening day. And and there is something to that. It, so what is your excitement level? Uh, and I'm going to put a poll out there as well. Until Elon takes the polls away, we're we're going to keep doing polls. Uh, if you follow us yeah. on Twitter, if you don't, then don't worry about it. If you follow us on Twitter, it turns out that uh, Elon is going to make you pay to vote in polls. And not pay us. We would run polls forever if, if you had to pay us to vote in them. Uh, my Venmo is open. But, uh, yeah, you're going to have to be, like, a $8 a month subscriber to, like, the Twitter Blue or whatever to vote in polls, so we're not going to do them on Twitter anymore because I'm certainly not going to try to encourage any of you to pay for a free social media site. But until then, the polls are sticking around. When that change comes, no more polls. But today, the poll is going to be rate your excitement level for opening day of Major League Baseball. What What is yours? I'm going to have to come up with some options, but your excitement level today, I know your team lost, but still. Well, it, it, like I said, I expect the Giants to go 81 and 81, so my excitement level is a 5. It's right at 500, right in the middle. Halfway there. Every time the Giants, if the Giants at any point in the season get the two games above 500, I will adjust accordingly. So the options are going to be through the roof, interested, um, curious. That's a good word. I'm a thesaurus over here. And not at all. How's that sound? 
Through the roof, yeah, interested, curious, not at all. Um, I am more interested in this opening day in this baseball season than I have been in quite some time. I know there's going to be that one guy on the text line that always gives me crap uh, because I am not the biggest baseball fan in there's the same way he is. Jackhole Ole Miss fan on the text line giving me crap right now. Yeah, but it's not Richard that in Oxford. Wants me to repeat the Yankee score. I see what you're doing, Richard Cross. You stop it. It's opening day. There, there is a text the on R- here. Richard texted this show in September of 2014. Well, there you go. <laughs> in September. That's 20- that's September 29th, uh, 2014. That that is that like right? Is that the weekend? Is that the weekend that that it all happened? I gotta look now. What is that? Is that the the weekend? Is that the Mississippi Madness weekend? I don't know because this this message was sent on a Friday night, so this is before that happened. Okay, so Ole Miss was off that Friday. That would have been State. So State was off too, if I if I remember correctly. Man, if. If we could rewind to 2014 and ask Richard what oh, he thought God, about the state of Mississippi and football then. Yeah, so that state and Ole Miss were on the bye that week. The next week, the next Saturday, was the Ole Miss-Alabama State-Texas A&M cover Sports Illustrated Saturday. Gosh, man, that doesn't seem that long ago. It really doesn't. Hey, Dad, I hate to tell you, that's nine years ago. That's I know. Nine that's, that, I know. Years ago, as I as I always say, ten years ago was two thousand, and I will hear no arguments <laughs> against that. Uh, but by the way, yeah, in case uh, in case you missed it, that Yankees score a uh, five to nothing Yankees over the Giants. Uh, only four hits for the Giants today. Again, five to nothing in favor of the Yankees today at Yankee Stadium. Um, five five to nothing Yankees over the yes. Yeah, okay, we're good. Let's, we go, let's look at the scoreboard forward. now where the Yankees beat the Giants. <laughs> the, uh, when we get to April 25th and it's 425, I'm doing the, we're going to make the whole show about that damn Arkansas <laughs> yeah. game. Wait, this is going. Start it with the highlight of the television call. We, we're going to talk to Hunter Henry and Alex Collins today. <laughs> just put a picture right up here on the screen of Hugh Freeze with his hands up in the air. Thinking the yes, game was over. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, anyway, anyway. Uh, this is a funny typo here. Somebody they try to say big fan of the Borky and Hate That Show, but it came out as broken. The broken. <laughs> that is exactly how you could call the show. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> oh gosh, oh, we man. are rolling. So the poll is out there. Let us know if you're excited about opening day, and um, I am. I'm more interested in this year than usual. Uh, and I'll tell you why when we come back. I as a not, I don't have a team. I've never had a team. I lived close to the Braves. I've been to Braves games, but I never like just locked in as a Braves fan. Um, I just have never had a team really. But this year, I am interested in baseball, and I'll explain why when we come back. Would love to have you being a part of the show today. Six zero one eight seven nine forty three ninety five. That is the C Spire text line. Six zero one eight seven nine forty three ninety five. Be smart. Don't text and drive. Use your voice text feature. Kind of like seeing that screw up what you're trying to say. It's fun for me. And it's safer <laughs> for you. So be a part of the show. We'll talk more opening day. And oh, by the way, uh, 
can we call it critical? A critical series for Mississippi State begins tonight. We'll talk about that and more with you when we come back. Mississippi. Here's more Super Talk Mississippi. says his interest level is he's curious, but he thinks college baseball is better. It's understandable around here. The combined 0-6 starts for State and Ole Miss notwithstanding. It does bear repeating that, that there's a handful of Major League Baseball teams that will have a Saturday crowd at many oh. points this season that are worse than the Saturday yeah. crowds at Duty Noble and Swayze. Like that, that will happen a lot this season. Yes. Yes. No question. They'll have, I mean, I don't know how many Saturdays there are in the baseball season, but they'll have 20 like that. Brad agrees. College, anything is better. Uh, That's I, true. I, I, yeah. Like, Not regular golf. season NBA is better. Well, regular season NBA is better than college regular season, but the college tournament is better than the NBA playoffs. Yeah. For sure. Which, those are coming soon, by the way. We're on the last two weeks of the season. Oh, yeah. It's coming Yo, up I fast. Coming Believe up me, fast. I know. But uh, I, I'm interested. And, again, I, I mentioned that there's – I don't remember the texter's name, but there's a guy that really takes exception uh, to my opinions on baseball because I am a, a – Uber casual baseball fan. I'm, I'm certainly not a purist. Yes. I don't have a team. Uh, I'll watch the playoffs if it's on, but I don't really seek it out. I watch a ton of college baseball because I have to, and I enjoy it. But it's the pitch clock. I want so bad to have something this summer that can keep my attention that, that is sports. But with the way Major League Baseball was going and just how long everything took it took forever to throw one pitch and the games lasted four hours and the three outcome thing is harming the game and it's not really a whole lot that major league baseball can do about that banning the shift may help maybe you'll get some more base hits and some more guys on more action whatever but i mean you say that they've already figured out the uh, other workaround on that what having just having guys in the grass yeah, they're, they're, you can't have an infielder move. So they're moving outfielders. Yeah, they're bringing the center fielder. They're bringing like the left fielder over to center, and the center fielder goes and plays where the third baseman used to go, and that is that is within the rules. So right. my guess is they'll change that next year, where you got to have three outfielders. You know, but I mean, you can't really tell them where to put the outfielders, right? Because right. outfielders move all the time. So I don't know how that's going to work. But I watched a little bit of it today, a little bit that I could. And you could tell that the pace was better. It was better. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I've even seen, like, I follow a couple of baseball people, like commentators, podcast hosts, stuff like that. Like, one of the Barstool guys I like, Carl, 
uh, pitched yeah. at Illinois, and, and he's a big Cubs guy, and, and they do a Cubs-based podcast and a national baseball one, and he's got a big following. And when people like him, the purest of the pure, are like, hey, this is pretty cool, I think they've got something here. Because if a casual like me can put on a couple of innings of baseball and think, you know what? That was good. I'll do that again. As opposed to over the last few years, I would check it out and say, you know what? This kind of sucked. I'll, I'll, I'll find a hockey game tonight instead of a baseball game. But now, I watched a couple innings earlier, and I liked the pace. And tonight, when I get home and we put the little guy down, I'm going to turn my TV on, and I'm going to put on a baseball game on purpose tonight. I don't even, I don't know who's playing. i got to look at the schedule. Who's playing tonight? It is... Um, Probably the Dodgers. Dodgers-Padres. White Sox-Astros at 6 is mm-hmm. uh, is the national game tonight. White, White Sox-Astros. So I, I'll watch the... That's the, the national li- game? That's God. the ESPN game anyway. I don't know if Fox or anything mm-hmm. has one, but yeah, White Sox-Astros. Uh, listen for the trash cans, but <laughs> I'll put that on tonight. I'll put state baseball on TV one, and I'll put White Sox Astros on TV two, and I will intentionally watch a baseball game because of that little tweak. We'll see if it keeps me all season. The the sport has had a hard time keeping me at length, but you know, a little bit more pace, more intentional, more action. I'm in. I'm interested. And so that's who they're targeting, is people like me. But I think they're only addressing half the problem, by the way. Mm-hmm. And it's a larger conversation, because I've seen people make fun of the Final Four and that, oh my gosh, tickets are under $100. How embarrassing. It's like, embarrassing? That's awesome. Finally, people yeah. can you know afford to go to the Final Four. Like I, I'm sure... You'd get a lot of retweets if North Carolina was in it and the tickets were $500 to sit in a seat so high up that you literally cannot see the court in a football stadium. But lower price points is good for the casual fan. Baseball speeding up the game and adding a pitch clock is good for the viewer, but that's only half the battle. When you talk to people, and and we have this conversation sometimes and, and we get texts constantly about how you became a fan. Where did that start? Your I became a fan story. Was that on your couch? Or was that at the ballpark? Or in the stadium? Or in the arena? It's it's there. It's being there. How I became a fan is because my dad took me to games. And so, the improving the television product is great to get casual fans to pay attention to your sport. But if people are still getting priced out of bringing young people to games, they're not going to lock in. Instead, they're going to watch Mr. Beast on YouTube. You can't, an eight year old can't fall in love with baseball from the couch. They got to be there. And so it's good that they're doing this, but I I, I keep beating this drum because I talk to enough people who are in this position. Until prices come, until it's more accessible, you might not have those same experiences, and you might lose young people. It's possible. I mean, at the same time, uh, for me, I became a fan on the couch, so I'm not a good example of this because, you know, I live in Vicksburg, Mississippi, 
Uh, my my grandparents or my grandmother is one of the, was one of the biggest Braves fans you'll ever meet, you know. And so we watched, you know, I, when I, they watched the Braves, and so I started watching baseball that way. And when I eventually, you know, got to become a fan, I became a fan of the Giants because of Will Clark out there in San Francisco. And uh, but that being said, you're right. I mean, like especially with little kids, when you take them to the ballpark for the first time, there's a mat again. That's that word again. There's a magic to that. So you know. You're you're right. Like, like people are going to complain about the 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 teams in the final four, and oh, that's what's driving the prices down. Who cares? That's good for you, the fan. I keep seeing people text this, tweet this, and I agree with this. Like, nobody should care about the ratings or anything about the final four except for like CBS executives and maybe some NCAA executives. Like, everybody else should be thrilled. You got compelling storylines. You got. New teams, new faces. The tickets are going to be cheap. You're going to watch. The same people are going to watch. You just won't have the same amount of casual fans. So, yeah. Josh says, "I still remember the first game my dad te- uh, took me to." Yeah, me too. That that's. I remember my first small college football game. I remember my first major college football game. I saw Furman play Nichols. They were Nichols State at the time. That was my first college football game ever. And I'll never forget it. My first major college football game was I saw South Carolina beat the absolute crap out of Vanderbilt from the upper decks at Willie B. I mean, that, that that's how I developed my love for it. Um, I don't know if I would have had the same from the couch. I don't know. Well, we, uh, we shall see. Darren, yeah, we did talk about this yesterday, but uh, he's bringing up the fact that fans that went to the Ole Miss-Southern Miss game um, were not issued refunds. They were given the option to go to a Mississippi Braves game, and he says he has a friend that drove up from Mobile to go to the game, and uh, they have a minor league team in Mobile. Uh, so, right? Don't they the Bay Bears? Is I mean, that what they're called? I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I mean, that's, they are really overestimating like how not how, how local... I guess they're underestimating how local minor league baseball is. Like, yeah. if you don't live in the city of that team, you probably wouldn't want to do that. And even then, you're not really a fan. It's just like minor league baseball is usually something to do. Like, if you're a Yankees fan who lives in Jackson, I mean, are you going to go to a Mississippi Braves game? Probably not. So, like, I still think they missed the mark on that. I can't believe they haven't had to issue a statement saying we're going to do full refunds yet. Yeah. But... Yeah, so we did talk about that at length yesterday, Darren. And um, it is posted on the Super Talk YouTube page. So just go to YouTube, search Super Talk. You can find it there. I cut our conversation about that and put it nice and cleanly there for you. Also, wherever you get your podcasts, if you guys uh, miss any part of the show, you've got a podcast app on your C Spire phone. On your phone, you've got one. It's, it comes with it now. Um, just search Sports Talk Mississippi and subscribe. Commercial free. Never miss a second of this show wherever you get your podcast. College baseball is tonight, though. Important series for Mississippi State. We'll talk about that when we come back. Again, the text line, 601-879-4395. We'll talk about State and South Carolina when we come back. Here comes more Sports Talk Mississippi. You ready, guys? On Super Talk Mississippi.
So I misspoke a second ago. Let me correct myself. There is no more Bay Bears, apparently. According to the text line, oh. they, they aren't uh, aren't there anymore. Either way, nobody's driving up from Mobile uh, for no. minor league baseball. For minor league game, no. But yeah, no more Bay Bears. What a great name that was. Not as good as the El Paso Chihuahuas, but... No. Or the trash... Or the, who are the trash pandas? Isn't that's, the, that's the best one. I think so, yeah. The Savannah Bananas is also good. Yeah, but they're like a show. Yeah, I know. You also can't say the word Savannah without saying it like that. <laughs> you, you gotta get that Savannah. You ever seen uh, one of their rules is if you hit a foul ball and a fan catches it in the air, you're out? So if you hit it into the <laughs> no, stands no, and a funny. fan catches it, you're out. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Makes sense. Yeah, and then the guy will walk up there with the bat on fire. It's just good stuff. Quality, yeah. goofy entertainment. Six year one eight seven nine forty three ninety five is the text on Michael Borky. He's Brian Haydad. Let's turn the page. Talk a little bit. Well, we are already are talking baseball, but a little Mississippi State baseball. It starts tonight. The red hot South Carolina Gamecocks coming into town, and I mean, it's it's an absolutely crucial series. It, it just it just is for a lot of reasons, not just for this season, for program direction, leadership, everything. This is a vital series with a team coming in. You know, Kendall Rogers, Richard joked with him on Tuesday that he said that State might be catching Vanderbilt at the right time. Uh, yeah. It ended up being incorrect. We all, we all get things wrong from time to time. This is not the best time to be catching South Carolina, so maybe the fortunes will be reversed if we just speak that into existence. This is a horrible time to catch South Carolina. It might end up being a pretty good one, but critical, critical weekend starting tonight. South Carolina is such a good hitting team. I mean, we we talked about it last week. Vandy was not a good hitting team. Uh, They were only hitting 267 as a squad. Uh, And when they left Starkville, (laughs) they were hitting, I believe it was 284 uh, as a a squad. So, I mean, they're, they're, they're... that's hard to believe that you're in a weekend you could go up 17 points, but that's exactly what they did. Well, this South Carolina team is hitting 300 as a squad. They've hit 66 home runs already on the year. They have three players in double digits. Now I know their their ballparks a little, you know is a hitter's park for sure, but I mean, Duty Noble has has gotten a reputation as a little bit of a hitter's park as of late. So, State's pitching staff, which beleaguered isn't even a, a strong enough word to describe it. They've got to sto- step up big time. Uh, starting tonight with Gerangelo Sanjay on the mound, uh, whoever they go to in the bullpen, they've got to start finding some 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 better options there. And then, you know, I, I don't know who's going to start Saturday. I think that's going to – I'm sorry, on uh, Friday. I think that's going to be Bradley Lofton. Uh, and then they'll go to, uh, to Nate Dome. Landon Gartman, if that's the case, could go into the bullpen, and I think he'd be very effective there. You've had better outings recently out of KC Hunt. Aaron Nixon looks like he's coming back strong. Evan Sierra has been decent back there, and so have, have as have others. But on, on paper, to me, I mean, it just looks like this is a South Carolina team that's rolling right this second, and their their biggest strength plays right into your biggest weakness. It's going to be very, very difficult for Mississippi State this weekend. I think we get a text that says Will McGillis is out for South Carolina with a uh, broken arm. So that's. Bad news for him, but good news for Mississippi State because that's a guy who's hitting 297 with 10 bombs already on the season. 297 with 10 home runs. It's a very major league stat line. It is. It is. But then you got a guy like Gavin, Gavin Cassis who's hitting 318 with 14 home runs. 
He's, you know, he's having. A, I mean, that's a guy who's on pace to hit. I mean, I hate being on pace guy, but he's on pace to hit about twenty five home runs this year. You would think maybe more. You know, I don't think we're getting to the Brandon. Lar- I don't think Brandon Larson's record is in any de- jeopardy, but. That's that's a lot of home runs this early in the season. I, I love on pace guy. They they think they're so original. Like I saw somebody earlier after Aaron Judge's first at bat say Aaron Judge is on pace to hit 550 home runs this season or whatever. Yeah. It's like yeah. same joke every year. Guy hits a first inning home yeah. run and we get the on pace guy. But yeah, I, it's I mean, not funny. No, but it, it's not funny. But I would do it if I covered a baseball team honestly because I'm not funny or original. <laughs> so. You know, that's uh, that's kind of how it goes. Tim and Belmont says, I think the wind will be blowing out, so dang. Great. Yeah. Good. Love uh, you know, love And this that. is a good pitching team for South Carolina. They're only, you know, ERA team area is 281. Teams are only hitting 207 against them. I mean, this is a really good uh, baseball team. No yeah. question about that. Dwayne says, a good hitting team playing a not-so-good pitching team sounds like a recipe for... Disaster. I, you know, people. I I was talking to one of my state fan friends, and he was getting on to me. Well, really getting on to me about you, even though he follows you and like could message you, and and you would receive him in kind. He's he he wouldn't like come at you and be mad at you. He he just informed me that he thinks that we've been too critical, and that you know they can turn it around. He's like, why don't you guys ever talk about? You know what they need to do to turn it around, and I thought, you know, if that turnaround is going to happen, they are out of weekends. They're they're out of weekends. It has to begin today, tomorrow, and Saturday. It has to begin now. If you dig yourself yeah. into an zero and nine hole, there's no digging out of it, none. And so, because because he mentioned as everybody does, you know, don't count out this team because. In the past, this happened. Don't let the Rebs get hot, as we saw last year. Hand up. I didn't think Ole Miss could do what they did. But they did. They snuck into the tournament and then got hot and won. But the reason why people were so frustrated with that team in particular was because they are way too good and experienced to be as bad as they were playing. Can they turn it around? Sure. Have teams in the past turned it around? Yes. It's happened before, so, but you cannot do. You cannot waste another weekend. It has to happen now, or else it's not going to happen. Last year at this time, they were three and three in conference play. Wow! Yeah, they they were, they were three and three. They won the second series they played against Alabama. Uh, this time they're zero and six. They that the eighteen team, which started off so poorly, they were two and seven after three weekends. And of course, that team ended up in Omaha. They finished fifteen to fifteen. So that means from that point on. They were thirteen and eight. State's last four series are Tennessee, Arkansas, LSU, uh, Texas A and M. I mean, I don't, I don't think they're going to win eight of those twelve games. The schedule was set up to get out, get out to a, str- a strong start, and maybe be able to coast home a little bit. And instead, you're zero and six. So, what can they do to fix it? I mean, unless they're going to start allowing trades. I don't know what you're going to do. And even then those trades are going to be like, we're going to give you 10 scholarships to, to get some players because State state doesn't have a lot of SEC-quality arms. Or if they do, they're not playing like it. And then defensively, they're just a train wreck. They give away too many runs. So you know, there's, just not, there's just not a lot to be positive about when you're talking about Mississippi State baseball right now. 
that nine-game stretch that, that you mentioned coming up later at Tennessee, Arkansas at home, at LSU, is as brutal of a nine-game stretch as you could possibly put on any team in the United States of America. <laughs> it does not get mm-hmm. more difficult than that. It, it, I mean, I guess you could be in Fayetteville, but you're not playing three road weekends in a row. So it doesn't get more difficult than that. Yeah. But that's that's what you've got if you're Mississippi State. So, I mean, it's just state in this next in this starting today. It's 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 this series: South Carolina, Alabama, Ole Miss, Auburn. In reality, you probably need to be nine and three. You've got you have to win every series, or or get yeah. a sweep somewhere. Well, you've got to get a sweep in there too, because that's four series. Somebody's getting swept. I mean, if you, if you're eight and four, if you go two out of three in every series, and that you would be eight and, eight ten. and ten at the halfway point. You, you might have a shot if you could win a game. If you could win one game in the remaining four series, and maybe find a way to take the series with A and M because that's your best opportunity, right? Yeah. That would make you 13 and 17. You might have an outside shot. But again, my point is you need to be nine and three or eight and four in the next four series. That's going to be tough. When I say that's going to be tough, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm really that, underselling good what it is. Like really good teams. Yes. Yeah. It would be tough. It's going to be tough. It would be tough for LSU in, in these four series to go nine and three. Hmm. Gotta start tonight. We'll see. Uh, I, somebody did send me a. Uh, I, I guess it got shared all over Twitter because it was a tweet. But Lane Burroughs uh, still talking about the uh, the the Ole Miss deal claims that they were having a team meal outside of Oxford like last week, and an mm-hmm. Ole Miss fan recognized him. Which, first of all, does anybody know what Lane Burroughs looks like anyway? Recognized him, went up to him, offered to pay for the entire team's meal, and if not for his brilliant intellect to check with the server to make sure that that nice gentleman paid for the entire team's meal, that they would have left and done a dine and dash. He is openly campaigning for what he expects to be an open Mississippi State job at this point. Hanging on. He is screaming at Zach Selman. Hey, over here. Over here. Don't forget about me. Over here, Zach. No, it's not going to happen. But hey, over here. We'll be right back. Sports Talk Mississippi. Exciting news. Brace yourself. More Sports Talk Mississippi. Now. Now. Mississippi is brought to you in part by Genteel. Ada and I both rockin' Genteel shirts today. Genteelapparel.com is the website. It is the official apparel provider. 
of Sports Talk Mississippi. I've got uh, a little quarter zip on right now, even though it's a little too hot for this, to be honest. I just love this jacket. It's just comfortable and light. And it's they got great stuff. Collegiate collection as well. So if you want your game day polos, football season's five months away, but that five months is going to go by quick. And hopefully you still want to go to baseball games and... I'd say you can wear a game day polo to a baseball game. <laughs> you can if uh, if you go again. Gentileapparel.com. They've uh, got a promo up right now. Save ten percent if you join their email list. Actually, it's the thing that popped up on the website right now. So there you go. Save you a little money today at uh, Gentileapparel.com. Incredible stuff. We wear it. I wear it to church. So not even just when I'm working. I wear it out because it looks that good and uh, look good like we do. Again, Gentileapparel.com. Dan in Hattiesburg asked the question, he says, what happened? Two months ago we were talking about all the portal guys we picked up in the transfer portals, what he said. And Dan, I don't, I shouldn't speak for other people, but it sounds like Chris Limonis can't answer that question. And, and to say that implies that he's incompetent or something like that, he is not. He was good at Indiana and he coached a national championship team. He is a good baseball coach who is certainly competent and capable. He is very well respected in college ba- in the college baseball circles, in the coaching circles. I would be willing to bet if you sat him down and say, Coach, what happened? His answer would be, I have no idea. I mean, we, were, we asked him that question, and he doesn't know. He doesn't know. So. When you mentioned those transfers, look at him in SEC play, man. Amani Larry's hitting 182. Cole Ledbetter's hitting 238, and his slugging is 238, which means he's hit nothing but singles, five of them. Um, I mean, it just those two guys you expect more from, and and they haven't delivered on that. Um, Aaron Nixon hasn't hasn't uh, has only pitched two thirds of an inning in conference play. Uh, Nate Dome got the start last week and and wasn't great. Had been good in relief against Kentucky, but not wasn't good as a starter. So it's just it's just. You know, Connor Hijack hasn't really. This will be his first weekend, I think, to get a, the full starting uh, thing in 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 conference play. But he's hitting two thirty one in the SEC. You know, state as a team. I th- let me see here. Overall, as a team, state is hitting two ninety eight. But in conference play, they're hitting two forty two. Just a huge difference. Huge, huge difference. Sorry, I was a little distracted there. My wife just texted me and said uh, Caleb Eulis came into her work today. Former Mississippi hey. State. Defensive tackle, Caleb Eulis, uh, Yazoo City, That's Mississippi. Right. That's awesome. Um, That's cool. And he was a saint. They tried to switch him over yep. to offensive line. Yes. But anyway, yeah. That's Defensive cool. end, Mississippi State, though, not tackle. Oh, did I say tackle? I know that because, yes, because I I, I, I had a long rant about Caleb Eulis one time. Well, you thought about he should have been inside? End. Yes, because he had... He had like one career sack. And I was just like, why is this guy playing end? I, just, I never understood it. And my then podcast host, who was about, well, you know, he's, he does it. I'm like, he has one sack. So. <laughs> anyway, like, sorry. Total non sequitur. I was just distracted. She texted me that, and I thought, about- wait, wait. I know that guy. That's awesome. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know that. He and I haven't met. He came into her work, and now I'm going to try to get her to. You know, get a Saints thing that he can sign or something for me. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, why not? I still have a basketball. 
So, hey, Dad, you, you may not remember this. Um, all the way back, I think, I guess it was 2013 or 2012, um, in the Marshall Henderson days, Ole Miss beat Missouri in the Tad Pad when they were ranked in the top 10. Missouri was. And after the game, Marshall just chucked the ball into the stands, just threw it up into the stands. And it bounced around, and somebody got the ball and ran out of the arena. That somebody was me. I still have the ball to this day. Marshall got in trouble for that. He was going on Twitter, like asking people, "Hey, help me find the ball because I'm in trouble. Hey, you know, somebody get me that ball back." And I saw all the tweets, and I never once gave him the ball back. I want to get connected to Marshall as long as he won't be mad, and get him to sign that ball for me. It's like, hey, I was the guy that that took the ball, and you got in trouble, and I knew that well, you that were in trouble, easy. and that I should took be it an anyway. easy thing for you today. Yeah, yeah. I need to start doing that. Yeah. Like, we can get connected with people in that way, and I just I haven't taken advantage of this yet. Like, I don't know how to feel that out. Like, hey, call Ole Miss. Hey, when you guys approve my credentials, also, can you get something signed by a former player for me? This doesn't look good, you know. Yeah. Oh, I've got my cowbell too that you gave me. I could get Eulis to sign that. I like. I'm, I'm an autograph guy. I like autographs. I've got a, yeah. a display in my home office. I, I don't know. I'm weird like that. I've still got that little little kid in me that that likes autographs. We'll see. Anyway, sports talk Mississippi. I'm Borky. He say that. We'll be right back. More Sports Talk Mississippi now. now. Michael Borky, Brian Haydad with you. We appreciate you guys joining us this afternoon. State baseball against South Carolina tonight. Ole Miss and Texas A&M gets underway tomorrow for your regular weekend series. We appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Spring practice ongoing. Southern Misses spring game this weekend. Uh, we'll get a good preview of that tomorrow. What are we looking for? There's a quarterback competition going on in Hattiesburg, by the way. Who knows who's going to be the guy? We'll get a pretty good glimpse uh, of that this weekend. At least I think we will. We've talked a lot about the competition, or recently lack thereof, uh, going on in Oxford as well. And so far at Mississippi State, I, I don't think that there's any sort of competition. I am curious, though, hey, Dad, have you heard anything about Mike Wright? And, you know, what they're going to... because. You know, I agree with you, and I don't think anybody would disagree with what we're saying. They didn't bring him in to overtake Will Rogers. That's not what he's there for. Right. But he could have dropped down a level and played a lot. So I assume he anticipates the opportunity to do something for Mississippi State. I've heard that he's fast. Oh, yeah. He's a a great runner, uh, but he appears to be a very good teammate and looking to to fit in and find his niche at Mississippi State, they are going to have packages and play calls for Mike Wright. There's no question about it. Now, I, the, the the interesting one to me is, do they find a way to get him and Rodgers on the field at the same time? 
if they do that, then I'm, I'm very interested to see how he lines up and where he lines up and, and things of that nature. But I, I definitely think he's, he plays a role. I mean, if nothing else, man, when it's third and two and they want to go and, you know, they want to just run the, run the ball there, they're going to put him in there to give that RPO look. So yeah, Mike Wright. Yeah. And, and the thing is, he, he's been okay as a passer from what I've heard, but is he going to overtake Will Rogers? No, absolutely not. So we'll keep an eye on that as well. Yeah, I was really impressed with him at Media Days. Uh, just, just articulate and and direct and respect. I mean, just the the model, especially the model quarterback, right? Like Mike Wright just presented himself as okay. That guy's going to run a company one day, uh, for sure. Yeah. He was uh, he was special. So I'm so curious to see how they use him and, and how different the offense is. Um, you know, you, you're around there, but. The, they're not going to show a whole lot in spring anyway, and they close off a lot of that stuff. I'm so fascinated at what the spring game is is going to look like for Mississippi State because we don't know what it's going to look like. That's the beauty of it. We we know yeah. what the Mike Leach air raid. I mean, there was there was nothing interesting about spring ball at Mississippi State, and that's not flipping. It's just you know what Mike Leach is going to run. There is nothing that he can show you in the spring especially when Will Rogers has been the mainstay at that position. There's nothing offensively that State's going to do in the spring game that's going to be anything other than what you've seen during the fall. Totally different story here, and we get our first look at what the offense is going to kind of look like, albeit without the two transfer tight ends. And it'll be a real game as well. Yeah. I mean, that's something they, 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 made, they made obvious a few weeks ago that it won't be, you know, Leach kind of used it as a, as a not even glorified scrimmage. It was just a practice. And this will be a real game. They'll divide the teams up. Yeah, Rogers, will, I guess, will have one squad, and, and Wright will have the other. And uh, they're, they're really going to make a, 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 a game out of it. And you're right, you know, we are going to see something. Are we going to see the full complement of, of the playbook? No. But I expect early in that game, Will Rogers is going to take a shot deep, and I want to see what it looks like coming out of his hand. Yeah, same, uh, same here. And, and, of course, for Ole Miss, again, we spent a lot of time talking about quarterbacks, uh, Lane Kiffin himself said Spencer Sanders not he's he's limited he's not a hundred percent so we'll see when the spring game comes if he's able to participate like a regular quarterback if not then there's going to be more conversations to be had after spring when the portal opens up again possibly I don't know that's purely speculative on my part but but we'll see how that develops turning the page a little bit. I read a fascinating story on ESPN today, and it coincides with something that uh, happened right here in Mississippi that uh, you can read at supertalk.fm. Governor Reeves signed a, I guess you can call it a bill today, but it's more about confirming what they're going to do about mobile sports betting here in Mississippi. As you guys know, uh, you can't bet on your phone. There's no... DraftKings, there's there's no fan duel, there's no bar stool that and of course our friends at Pearl River Resort, they have an app ready to go. If mobile gambling were to happen, all you gotta do is download their app and you have you have it built, ready to go. Uh it hadn't happened yet in this state, again, as you guys know. But the governor, I believe, today signed this bill that enacts a committee to gather research and uh, you know the economics and the legalities and all that, and then by October they're going to present their findings and maybe legalize it, depending on what they find, possibly next year. So that's going on in Mississippi. Again, you can read about that at supertalk.fm. Well, this report came out in ESPN today, and it was focused on March Madness and players that participated in the NCAA tournament. And 
the, the online abuse, that's exactly what it is, the online abuse that they receive from people that have wagers on the games. Players that, for example, there's uh, one player in the article uh, from TCU that received hate online, very specific, direct, vulgar, for scoring a last-second basket that covered a spread. So he, he played until the whistle, scored a basket, and he, after the game, showers, changes, pulls out his phone, and his direct messages are filled with vulgarity in his direction. You've got a Furman player talking about any time that they were on a nationally televised game, which doesn't happen to them much, he said after the game he would get stuff. You guys played like, but but worse, things that I can't repeat uh, on the air. And as I read this article, two things came up into my mind. Um, It's more prevalent today than it was before gambling was legalized nationwide. No doubt about that. But isn't there some responsibility born on the social media platforms? And again, it gets difficult because you could dive into the free speech angle, and I understand that, but these multi-billion dollar, and that's underselling it, social media platforms, if somebody is sending abusive, emotionally, violently charged messages to somebody else, Shouldn't it be very, very easy for them to get rid of those people using their platform? I mean, shouldn't that be kind of the angle taken here is yes. like These college kids should never have to deal with that. Fans should never message and contact players on social media. It should never happen. But it does. And so when it does, what should we do about it? Because... As informative as this article was, that's not going to stop people. Those players have taken themselves to social media saying, hey, stop, like, leave me alone, please. Well, guess what? That's not going to stop people. Shouldn't there be an easy way for these players, if they're getting these messages, to report? I know there's a report system, but I'm talking about e- much easier to eliminate that. Well, one that actually works, too. One that I mean, actually works, I guess, is what I'm saying. One that actually works and actually you, you bans report these a tweet. You can report a tweet that like straight up has the N word in it, and then you find oh well, it doesn't actually reach our our hate speech. You know, whatever it is. So yeah, the answer to your question is yes. It should be much easier, but it isn't. I don't know that it is. It's going to be anytime soon either. I mean, some of these quotes in here are are, are crazy. That that I wish I could better share to you guys but uh, i mean it's, it's not even just players it's it's their girlfriends it's their parents it, people around them close to them that that just get absolutely harassed by morons online that can't control their emotions after they lose money in a game and you know maybe the easy solution would be well just tell the player not to get on social media well, that's not fair, though. Or just block the user. That only protects the one player from the one user. That user shouldn't be allowed on the platform if that's how they are going to conduct themselves. In the private messages of individual people that they do not know, using violently charged messages, I, I just, 
I read this whole thing, and it's interesting, and there's a lot here, and it's a long read, but it's it's a good one. But I just I, – it didn't enough talk about the platforms themselves allowing people to do this unchecked. That should I mean, be the angle it's not just It's not just for, you know, people involved with gambling. I mean, there's social media abuse to everybody every day, and, you know, because – it's just easy to sign up for an account and, you know. Yesterday, Rod Gibson, MSU recruiting analyst, tweeted something about a friend of his recovering from cancer. And somebody who I know is a fake account, not a real person, was like, well, if that fight's anything like your uh, baseball team, good luck. Like, that's what you did with your free time that day. You couldn't, you couldn't craft a bigger loser. You couldn't no. script one than whoever that guy is. And there's plenty of them out there. They just... They just troll for fun because that's all they have in this life. Somebody says they're pros now, got to learn to deal with it. Mm. Nobody should have to no. take that, regardless of if they're making a little money or not. We'll be back. It's time to get real. Real sports talk for Mississippi. It's time for you to get real with it. Sports talk Mississippi continues on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad with you. A couple of messages on this, and then we'll turn the page. One texter says, how do you get rid of losers in the world? We'd all love to know. Exactly the point. Steven says, social media is a business. They don't care if somebody's feelings get hurt. Easiest thing to do is to not use it or make your account private. So if, if, so if every time you walk into a McDonald's, I can harass you as long as I buy a cheeseburger? Is that is that what we're saying? Every time you go to the, you know any business, I can walk right in there and call you whatever the hell I want, as long as I buy something at that business. You know, businesses don't stay open if they don't you know provide a good experience for their customers. Yeah, and that's what this is. And and this isn't. Some of these guys aren't getting typical heckling, like for example. Kyrie Irving keeps trying to get people kicked out of arenas for telling him that the earth is actually round. I mean, that guy's that is a professional that needs to get over himself. That's ridiculous. These kids are getting threats. Like, I know where the team hotel is. That kind of stuff. And while those probably aren't going to turn into actual violence, you never know. One. And two... I, I'm not a I'm not a tech guy. I went to journalism school. And it really teaches much about technology like this. But I know for a fact that Microsoft, for example, can ban the hardware on Xboxes if you are deemed to have abusive communication when you're playing video games online. They can hardware ban you. So if they can do that. Instagram, if you send somebody a don't leave your team hotel tonight message, they should be able to hardware ban that device from being on that. That's what I'm talking about here. Not typical heckling, not, oh, you stink. Like, that. you shouldn't do that to players either. But, you know, 
that's kind of part of it. But when it's threats of violence like that, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook should be able to do what Microsoft does to their Xboxes. There has got to be a way that you know that there's a way that they can do that. That's what that's what I'm talking about here. And yes, the the best advice would be to not be on social media. That that would be great. But also, these are athletes that are trying to build a brand. There's no better place in the world to build a brand than on social media. It's very beneficial for them. It shouldn't be them that has to get off. It should be the the abusers that are are forced to get off. But anyway. They can 100% ban. They just like more money than uh, humans. Throw a few of them in jail, and you would think that at least would slow them down. That happens in England, by the way. I don't know if that happens here or not, but like if you abuse uh, an athlete over there, they will find you, and they've put they've put people in jail. And there there is a line where you have protected speech in this country, at least you know for the most part. But when you cross that line into speech that is not protected, like threats of violence, something should happen to you. You shouldn't be able to hide behind an, an anonymous social media account and threaten violence and have nothing happen to you. Shouldn't shouldn't be like that. Especially with the, the, the unfortunate nature of how things go, not all threats of violence are unfounded. People actually do carry out violent acts that they say they'll do online. It does happen. It's pr- probably hard to police it, but somebody needs to figure it out because college athletes... For, for not hitting their over-under point total, getting death threats, that can't happen. Just simply can't happen. Mm-hmm. Jeff, Jeff did say, man, you guys catch a lot of crap on Twitter. Y'all can't say or do anything right. I- I'll tell you what, and I'm going to give a shout-out to this person, even though I shouldn't, but I'm going to give a shout-out to this person, the Cloverfield Mall guy, the Southern Miss fan. Hates you. He hates me. Sometimes he hates you. Although, Richard was the one Cloverfield Mall guy that didn't ask Kendall about Southern Miss, by the way. Blame him for that. But, Jeff, he's fine. He makes funny memes. Some are funnier than others. He's not vulgar. He's not... No, he's fine. He's fine. He's... That... that The stuff that we get on a daily basis, some of it's goofy. Some of it's stupid. Very rarely is it crossing the line. So, we appreciate you, Jeff, thinking about us, but we're okay. Yeah. It's not that bad around here. We get a message here. I work in uh, an InfoSec. Is that a thing? InfoSec? Uh, Do I sound really stupid right now? The information sector? The information sector? I don't know what that is. And, yeah, I guess so, yeah. and he says, and we have schools that have 24-7 monitoring now because of how kids are growing up online. It's a sad thing we're leaving the next generation. Absolutely. Absolutely it is. CC says, idiots will scream and cuss and say horrible things. It's just words in the end, though. Some of these people literally live for being hateful online. They're tougher than the Incredible Hulk sitting behind that keyboard. Ain't, ain't no doubt about that. Bobby says, not to mention making threats online is a crime. They can track that person. They need to, because uh, this article today 
And ESPN tells you that they absolutely, absolutely should. 601-879-4395 is uh, the text line. This is an interesting one, actually. We'll stay on this one more. It said, so at what point do you stop censorship of speech? Quit trying to make the world sunshine and rainbows. This world has bad people in it. It's unfair. Grow up and deal with it. Or just move to China and everything you say is monitored. Look, man. Cool, dude. I've got your, t- your cell phone number right here. I'll just harass you every day. What are you going to do about it? Not sunshine and rainbows out there, buddy. Get ready. I'm coming. And that's the point. What are we talking about here, man? We're talking about people threatening other people with physical harm. Yeah, I'm going to stop it there. That's where I'll stop the censorship of free speech. Which, by the way, you don't have a right to from a private company. First Amendment guarantees you free speech from the government, not from a private company. So if you're threatening somebody, no, you don't have free speech. I'm sorry if that's a bummer for you. I'm sorry if you like to go around all day telling people you're gonna what you're gonna do to them behind a keyboard. But if that's you, you know, I'm sorry, man. I got I gotta be against you on that one. My bad guy. Yeah. Threats of violence are not protected by the, the First Amendment. Yeah. Um, you think? It's, it's not. But we will move on. Six year white seven nine forty three uh ninety five. Interesting article though, uh worth uh, yeah. worth checking out. Pot starting to boil over here. I like it. A little juice on this Thursday. Let's just just quit being dumb. When you stop the free speech, okay? I'll just show up at your house and tell you what I think of you. It's got free speech. Morons. Yes, Aidan, get him. Oh man. We, we do get one message that says, I'm going to report you harassing me if you don't start harassing me. <laughs> hey, we've got your number, too. Who buddy. said that? Uh, That's right. 662 area code. Yeah, some of the lowest humans on Earth are the ones that, that are doing things like that. That's uh, that's for sure. Um, yeah. Did you see, by the way? Gank Hunt 42 getting after it. Yeah. Do you remember that story of the, the guys that got caught in the fishing tournament? Stuffing yeah. the fish with oh. weights and fillets. Please tell me where there's resolution on this. I, I was I was locked into that when it happened. There is resolution. Reading from WKYC. Two men accused of stuffing fish with lead weights and fish fillets in an attempt to win thousands of dollars in an Ohio fishing tournament last fall pleaded guilty this Monday of charges, including cheating. The allegation surfaced in September. You guys uh, know that story by now. And in fishing tournament, their fish weighed a lot more than they should have, and uh, other competitors who were onto these guys for a while decided to cut the fish open and found lead weights in fish fillets that were stuffed into the fish. As part of the plea deal, the two guys, they pleaded guilty to cheating and unlawful ownership of wild animals and agreed to three-year suspensions of their fishing licenses. Uh, the owner of the boat also agreed to give up his boat worth $100,000, and in exchange, the prosecutors agreed to drop the attempted grand theft in possessing criminal tools charges. So no more tournament fishing for three years, and a $100,000 boat had to be given up. Eek. Hope that was worth it. They 
won a lot of money. They did. Cheating like that. Surely they had to refund all of it, right? Surely the, the tournaments were like, you got, you got to pay us back. I would hope so. But I, I don't yeah. know that answer, honestly. Uh, big development in the NFL, possibly. We'll tell you what that is. Big development. League expansion to 40 teams? Apparently there's momentum. We'll talk about that when we come back. <sighs> Your number one for sports talk. Anyone? 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 Come on, don't be shy. Sports talk, Mississippi. Bingo, man, bingo. Super talk, Mississippi. I'm Michael Borkey's Brian Haydad. It's great to be with you. So, won't waste any more of your time. Got to get right to the teaser, the NFL. We've talked about it before, honestly, with you in the past. They're doing these games in Europe and London and Germany and Mexico City, even though it sounds like those might not be um, something that they do very often moving forward. We'll see. It just, they haven't always gone particularly well. Which, sidebar, there were uh, a, a few people about Tuesday night's game in Pearl saying that football would never have canceled a game. The NFL canceled a game in Mexico City because of four four field conditions. Back to the actual story. So we've mentioned it before. Why is the league playing games in London? Why are they playing in Germany? Do they want to move a team there? My answer has always been yes. They want to move a team there. Turns out it's not moving a team there. It's expanding a team there. A.J. Perez of FrontOfficeSports.com uh, reporting that even though Roger Goodell actually brought up the idea of a four-team European division last season, it was talked about at the owners' meetings that happened this week. Here's a quote from uh, an owner. As journalism works, Perez did not tell you which owner, but an owner said this. We don't know if it's going to happen in two years, five years, or whenever, but there's going to be an international division. Division. Multiple teams, four teams, but it might even be more than that. Reading from Mike Florio, for years, the NFL has dangled the possibility of putting a team in London with two NFL-ready stadiums, Wembley and Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, famously without trophies, as Haydad likes to remind people. Thank you, yes. London could take the two teams immediately. Two other teams would, under this scenario, be placed elsewhere on the continent with one or both presumably in Germany. Here's a quote. This is from uh, Peter O'Reilly, who is the executive VP of Business and International and League Events for the NFL. I think what we are focused on is building capacity, so if there were that opportunity, whether a club wanted to consider relocation or looking at expansion, we are in that mode. In London, where we've been for a long time, and now in Germany, we're making sure that we've got the stadium partners and government partners, which is an important thing for taxes and visas and whatnot, and the fan support to sustain that possibility. Makes more sense, of course, to have more European teams than just one because of travel and stuff like that. It's a bit of a haul uh, to get over there. But apparently it's been deeper than that. That expansion is something that they are deeply considering. Not moving teams again, expanding teams to take the league from 32 to 36, 38. They've even talked about having 40 teams in the NFL as a possibility 
moving forward, which would mean expansion in Europe and also here domestically as well. But the momentum for having a full-on four-team division in Europe apparently is taking steam and they fill up those games, man. People go. Like they care over there. I about think it. they fill them up because no, I think they fill them up because it's a novelty. Because it's just okay, once a year we're gonna take the kids and go. Those people care about their their soccer teams, their football teams. And I'm just telling you right now that if if if, if Tottenham Hotspur fans have to make a choice, if North London people have to make a choice between Tottenham Hotspur and Arsenal or the London Monarchs. They're going to pick soccer. They're going to pick for the Premier League every single time. Because the same thing would happen here. If we, if the Premier League decided, hey, we're going to put five teams in America and we're going to go head-to-head with the NFL, guess what's going to happen? They're going to lose. So I, I just I don't see it, man. You don't, I don't think see there's this. the I could be wrong. It? And look, there's the, it's the NFL. I'm sure that I'm the wrong one. I'll, I'll wear it when it happens. But, I mean, for me, the, the soccer is such an ingrained part of the culture of their, you know, f- the football, whole football pyramid and, and the way every little town has its own pro soccer team. I, I don't see, like I said, if, if Tottenham is on TV and the NFL is on TV, Tottenham's winning. And if Tottenham is playing away, their fans are going to go to that game. They're not going to, they're not going, they're not going to go to the, uh, the NFL game. I, I just don't, I just don't, I just don't see it. That would mean, by the way, that we would have morning football every Sunday Mm -hmm. here in the States. That might be what their angle is more so than like owning Europe is if they find that there's enough interest there that not only can they add more games, which means more money, they can add another time slot. That That might be their angle really is more inventory, which means more money. And if it will do well enough over there, it doesn't have to be number one, but if it'll do well enough, and instead of talking about Eastern time, one, four, and seven, it's nine, one, four, and seven, which just simply means more money, bigger TV contracts, more games, more money, more money, more money at the end of the day. Maybe that's what they're looking at. If it's viable enough over there to survive, you know, you know that people in the states would watch morning football every Sunday. Absolutely, they would. Oh yeah, here in America for sure. Would that hurt the league? Would expansion hurt that? See, that's my question: Is the NFL is so good because it's so exclusive, right? And every single team, even the worst teams, have great players on it. If you start adding teams, it means the talent pool starts getting spread around, right? Would that ultimately start damaging the product enough, even if it's just four teams, four more, or eight more? But that's if it's four teams, that's 250 additional players needed. And are there 250 good enough players to be starters in the NFL that currently aren't starters in the NFL? Would that water down the product? Yeah. That's a good question. I mean, you got to... I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. You know, I feel like it would. 
I also feel like it's going to water down the product in terms of the teams that are coming back from the international trips are, are going to be at a disadvantage every yeah. week. You have you to know, give them a gosh, buy the after that. that. Like That's the only way you can do it. Yeah, but how are you going to do that if you got four teams and you're always playing games over there? And then the teams that are the international teams, I mean, because you've got a four-team division, right? That's right. 13 games where they cross the Atlantic. That's well, you, you play everybody in your to... division twice. Okay, so it's nine games. But then some people would also come to but your right, place. No, it's not even nine. It's not, it's not nine. It's Okay, hold on. Whatever. It's a bunch of trips. Yes. So 17 games. Yeah. 17 games. You're going to have to convince people, you're going to have to convince Americans to live in England, Yeah. to live in Germany, maybe live in Spain, which, I mean, these are cool places to live. They're cool places to visit. I don't know if they're a cool place to live. So They would have to do it like that. So, yeah, they're, they're in your division, you would play six games in Europe, so that wouldn't bother you with travel and stuff. So that would be fine. And then the other 11 games, four, or excuse me, five of which would be also in your place. So you'd only have, you'd have to travel six or five times across the Atlantic in a given year. That's still a lot, though. And so what they would have to do is you would have to play multiple games across the Atlantic on either side. So it wouldn't just be fly over for one game, fly home. It would be fly over for two games fly home and have a bye week. That would be the way they would have to work that out because the jet lag is too crazy. Like, you couldn't have the Rams play in London on Sunday and then turn around and play on Thursday night. That that would be an impossibility. You can't have that happen. Right. Because what's that, like a 13-hour flight from L.A. to London? Something like that. Maybe even longer? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's got to be longer from L.A. And then you've got to adjust to the time. It's not just flying. It's... Also, you know, instead of waking up at 7 a.m., you're waking up at 3, or no, even earlier, right? I mean, I'm like, wrong. A, non, a non-stop flight, which it would be because it would be chartered, 10 hours and 25 minutes. Wow. But that that, that that's, that's surprising. hard. Yeah. That's, uh, that's really hard. I wonder if you do like a noon kickoff because I mean, a noon kickoff in England is a 6 a.m. kickoff here. Yeah, I so, I know this because I get up at 6 a.m. sometimes to watch Chelsea. So if your game day routine requires you to wake up at 6 a.m. for a noon game, it means you're waking mm-hmm. up at midnight or not going yeah. to bed. I, but you have to. You have to sleep before games. Blows the whole thing up. Yeah. yeah. So you'd have this, to be this, there this, for this days. Tough, tough idea. Yeah. If they find they can make money, though, <laughs> if, they, if they find that it'll make them rich, they'll do it because that's just kind of how it goes. Dwayne says, Borky, you always say follow the money. That's why they're looking at it. No doubt. It's money and money only. Rusty says, how would four teams get 17 games? They would be a division of the NFL. They, they would be a division in, in, in this league. So they would have to – the Saints would play Berlin. The Berlin Bronco. No. Can't be the Broncos, the Berlin Bearcats, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, I don't remember what they were back in the old World League of American Football days. I know it was the London Monarchs, it was Barcelona Dragons. Ugh. Oh, I don't, I don't remember what the uh, the German team was. Yeah, I don't remember. Six year one eight seven nine forty three ninety five. A ton of your texts have come in. We'll get to those when we come back.
Talk Mississippi. Here we, here we go, go. Super Talk Mississippi. Interesting text on this. Love the engagement. Appreciate you on this Thursday afternoon. I'm Michael Borkey's Brian Haydad on the possibility of the NFL adding a whole division in London. Apparently, it was talked about at the owners' meeting this week where one NFL owner said it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. They're going to be putting teams across the pond. Some more of your messages. I grew up in the UK. My family lives there. Hey, that is right. The NFL is a novelty. People bleed their soccer team's colors. Nobody's wearing an NFL jersey except the one or the one day a year an NFL game is played over there. They don't care. Mike in Oxford says they will stay for a few weeks. Kevin says I gotta know more about this person though. Hold on. I gotta ask who his team is. Yeah, you guys bond over over Chelsea and Tottenham's lack of winning. Kevin, this is what I'm talking about. So you're going to add 240 XFL players to the league. Yeah, you're you're going to thin the herd a little bit, and that might you're going to have guys that are backup quality or, or special teams or practice squad quality that are going to be on act starters. And look, the XFL isn't. I know football purists love it. It's not as good. Why is it not as good? Because the players aren't as good. You going to do that to the NFL? I don't know. Mike says, uh, different Mike says, it all sounds like a terrible idea. Bobby in Batesville says, it's not just the jet lag. The time difference adjustment happening that often really sucks. Jeff in Oxford says, I know the leagues aren't the same, but the Brits wouldn't watch LA versus Dallas of the EPL. That is true. But it, the quality it's is true. I mean, and that's the thing. Like We've been sending them crap games. Yeah. Like, we're always sending them the Jaguars. We sent them the, the Dolphins when they were really bad. Send them some bad Saints teams. Like, we have not sent, you know, uh, Cowboys first. You notice the Cowboys have not been to, to, to England. Notice that uh, the Packers, I don't believe, have been. I think Rodgers played you know? over there. I think he did. Did I don't know. I think so. I have to look. But, I mean, I know the Cowboys haven't been. They haven't sent America's team to England. Oh, no. I don't so, think that a team with a winning record has played there yet. Exactly. So it's like we keep sending them this crap. you know. And now we're going to create expansion teams, which are, I mean, almost guaranteed in the first few years of their existence to only win four or five games. And we're gonna, and you've got, you've already got a sport there. I just don't, I just don't see it, man. Jay, I see your message. I appreciate you. I don't think I can read that on the air, but just know it's funny. <laughs> I appreciate you listening. And I think Jay, you were the one that I met at the uh, hunting and fishing expo. If that is the case, appreciate you listening, and it was good to meet you. I think it was Jay in the res. So appreciate you, Jay. Can't read that on the air though. Um, Another message, Sunday morning NFL, I'm sure churches will hate that. Yeah, that if there's a church lobby, I assume there is. If there is one, they're probably going to be going up to the NFL offices in New York and begging them not to do this. <laughs> I, I hate to tell my church, uh, but you guys would not see me in the fall. <laughs> it wouldn't happen. Yeah. Uh, Uh-oh, Saints are at 9 a.m.? That's, that's that. Not going. And this is, the, you, know, you mentioned like bringing the extra players, but like from the 662, there's not enough good quarterbacks now. Not every no. team has a good quarterback, and we're going to get. 
I mean, who are the four best quarterbacks in the XFL? That's who we're going to bring in. A.J. McCarron. Finally, Chad Kelly's time has come. Uh, is he? I thought he was in Canada. I have no idea. I thought he, he forced out an incumbent starter for the Alouettes or something, and, and he's going to take over now. Helped him win a Grey Cup I, again, or something. Do not, I don't watch do Canadian football. The, the head start that they give wide receivers bothers me. I, I, don't, I don't like that. And the field goal post being in front of the end zone also bothers me. Can't throw passes over the middle in the end zone. What? Let, let's remove half of well, the space. I thought it used to be back in the, uh, back in the day. Yeah. When the forward yeah, the, the, pass the was in the front. A, 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 yeah. a chest pass. An actual chest pass, yeah. Those Dr. Pepper games would have been accurate back then. Yeah, that would have. Uh, Berlin Fire, by the way, was the team name. Yeah, that was one, yeah. And the Frankfurt Galaxy. They had a cool helmet. Like, it had like the, the like a Milky Way on it. Those uniforms back then, super underrated for the, uh, for the world. Yeah. The World League of American Football, I watched that. I enjoyed the World League of American Football. It's like it was unique. They were playing it overseas, but I, it wasn't the NFL. Yeah, it was it was something else. So, not enough good quarterbacks now. Message says, yeah. Brian says, I see nothing to gain adding English teams. The soccer is too important. Why would we export one of the last truly American things we have? I hear you. Bobby says they would have the best kickers in the league, though. <laughs> I don't know about that. We get one message. Uh, you joke, but Ta'amu is good. Yeah, Jordan Ta'amu's Ta- having success at the at the at that that second level there. Yeah, I, I really like Jordan Ta'amu. Uh, I, I had a chance to sit down and interview him a few years ago. He, he was excellent. Um, but but Jordan Ta'amu is kind of exactly who I'm talking about. He was a he was a very good college quarterback, and and he's good at the XFL level. There's a reason he's not starting in the NFL though. You know, the 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 more guys like him that are playing quarterback in the league, the worse the product is going to get. We'll continue on a few more of your messages, and then we got a fun college football fix for you when we come back. More sports talk, Mississippi. Let's go time. Sports Talk Mississippi. Well, say something. Super Talk Mississippi. That was a fast second hour. Appreciate you guys joining us. That was a fun conversation about the NFL expanding to England. A lot of you guys just don't like it. Or not England, Europe. England and Germany. You guys don't like it. I would appreciate the early window myself, but I understand why you don't like it, and I've got questions uh, myself. So, fun conversation. Definitely an off-season football topic, and, and that's okay because guess what? I've got another one for you. Inspired by a conversation that we had yesterday about quarterbacks. I was cutting up the show from yesterday this morning thinking about that conversation and an idea popped in my head. So we're going to talk about it for the College Football Fix during my Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealer. So, if you guys missed it, we talked a little bit about quarterbacks who's coming back. 
who's got the competitions going and all that good stuff. And as I was kind of re-listening to that, I thought, you know, who was the best quarterback that I have ever seen in person play? At any level. NFL, college, high school. The answer is obviously Drew Brees. So I, I took out the NFL and thought, who's the best college quarterback I've ever seen? And I think it's Johnny Manziel. Over Cam Newton. Over, I saw Tebow. Saw Dak Prescott in person. I think Johnny Manziel is is mine. The, the best quarterback I've ever seen play in person. I saw Troy Smith, the Heisman Trophy winner, play. Nothing compared to the, the angst in a good way that you felt watching Johnny football play. He is the most disappointing athlete that I can think of. He's just electricity and, and accuracy and creativity and vision in space. I mean, a guy his size who wasn't really that fast. I mean, he's not really that fast, but just the ability to see things and anticipate and make people miss and then throw accurate footballs and then elevate his game. And I've never left a stadium so impressed with a quarterback, aside from Drew Brees, in my life than I was when I saw Johnny Manziel. So that would be my number one. Who is the most, and tell us on the text line, 601-879-4395, the best quarterback you've ever seen in your life in person. Who would that be? So if we're going to go off what they did in their, their college career, it's probably Tebow or Cam Newton. But if we're going to do talk about what did they do in the game that I saw them play live in, then it is also Johnny Manziel, who absolutely torched Mississippi State in 2012, basically all by himself. State, for whatever reason, decided to play man coverage a lot of that game. As soon as those DBs turned around to run, so did Johnny Manziel. He took off running. And then when they decided to stop doing that, he just picked them apart with his arm. One of the top alpha dog performances I've ever seen. Cam Newton is on my list. Uh, Tim Tebow would be on my list. Burrow is on my list. Although Burrow's two games against State weren't particularly great, but as you know, as his career, you have to put that on there. Um, I'm trying to think like some earlier guys back in the day. Um, never saw Danny Werfel live, so wouldn't put him on there. I saw Peyton Manning's first ever. Collegiate action. Ooh, that game was unstartable. That's memorable. Um, I, I just remember him coming on the field, and we were all just heckling him. You know, that's Archie's kid. Get him! And like his second pass was like this sixty-five yard rope <laughs> to Joey Kidd. I was like, oh crap, he's good. I was hoping he was overrated. Um, Eli was a really, really good college quarterback for sure. I would, I would, you know, he's on, he's in there somewhere. Um. Is there anybody I'm, I'm missing that I that I saw live? I think I don't think that I am. You know, Dak, but I saw so many of Dak's games; they all run together for me. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else like Georgia. I never saw one of their great QBs. Uh, Florida, no. I mean, the one time Florida came was Rex Grossman came to Starkville that I that I didn't remember. Tebow play there '09, right? He, he did. I, I I got him on the list, but like I said. 
I didn't see his best game. He threw, I think, three picks in that game. Ooh. Two of them were taken back for touchdowns. State still lost, but, um, you know, and, uh, yeah. I've seen some good ones. I've seen better running backs, I feel, than quarterbacks. But that's a really sure. good list, though. I mean, that is a re- if yeah. if you sat somebody down and put a list next to yours, it'd be hard to beat. I mean, only guys that like travel to the biggest games, like Dellinger, would be able to rival that list yeah. you just gave. Though that's a good list. Yeah. Thank you. By the way, Manziel in that game was thirty of thirty-six for three eleven, and also ran for hundred and thirty and two touchdowns. <laughs> Buddy, I know. That was the game where, you know, State, they had lost the week before to Alabama. That was the We Believe year. And so, you know, you think you're coming back home. Ah, a m they're not for real. This Manziel guy, he's not for real. They were for real. They punched State in the mouth early in that game, and then they never let him up. So, yeah. Yeah. That, you know, on the, the Bill Simmons level of losing, one of them is the alpha dog where you just – one player dominates the game, and you're like, "What could we have done?" That was that's what that game was. Manziel completely controlled that game. Manziel did the same thing to Ole Miss a year later. So in 2013, mm-hmm. he threw. He was 31 of 39 for 346, and then ran for another 124 and two touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, just in that. 20... Oh yeah, you can. Here's two more we can add to my my list. I saw because somebody from the 601. I did see also saw Tim Couch. And Dante Culpepper in college. God, that is a really good list. Yeah, Culpepper came. He came to state and Ole Miss his uh, his last year at Central Florida. They played both teams in in Mississippi. That wow, how, how did that happen? That's when Central Florida was just getting started, so they were just trying to find games. Find games, make state money. They beat them pretty easily. Ole Miss that year went into overtime with them, and like I thought, Culpepper was going to play. Culpepper alpha dogged them that game, but he just didn't have enough around him. Lee, oh, that, I'm gonna look that game. I'm gonna look that game up real quick. Go ahead. Lee and Benton says John Bond. We're gonna get some John Bonds. I, if Dak Prescott never existed, John Bond, I think, would be the favorite son of Mississippi State football. I hear more stories, just in my conversations when when I'm just out and I meet a state fan. And hey, have you talked to John Bond? Yeah, I know John Bond. Man, I love John Bond every time. Like that's the first person they want to talk about. Is is John Bond, and John Bond is also the first stranger that made my son cry. He didn't do anything. Aww. He didn't do anything. He just looked at him and smiled. And, and James was very, very young. I mean, he was tiny. He was still in my arms. And for some reason, it was it was old JB that that made James cry at a donut shop, at a donut store at like eight o'clock in the morning one Saturday morning. Uh, he's the best. I, I like running into him when that happens. Dwayne says mine was Joe Burrow when he played at State. They pulled his pants down. Yeah, that was that game. They did. Is, was it his play or uh, did, did, did you point that out, Dwayne? Because that was the most memorable part of the performance. I, I don't know. <laughs> Charlie Ward, Chris and Walnut says. Didn't see him live, but that's a good choice, yeah. Patrick says Archie wrote the book that Manziel wouldn't even make it out of the locker room if Archie was playing. Y'all come on now. Y'all come on now. Another vote for Archie Manning. That is a little bit before my time, but the numbers do tell you that he was beyond special. This box score just doesn't exist, evidently. I'm trying to find it. Another one watched Aaron Murray beat State in Starkville one year. Best performance I've seen in person. 
Do you remember that year? No, you didn't. He didn't? No. But, by the way, I was reading the text. I, I did not. I know you did. State State only played Georgia in 2010 while he was there and beat them. Remember those days when you could beat Georgia? That was fun. Yeah. There was that, was a, that was like the last really bad Georgia team. They went 6-7. and seven. A.J. Green had been suspended for like the first four games of the year. Steve Young, that's awesome. When, uh, If you don't mind adding some context, when was that? Would love to have seen that. Joe and Sarkville says Favre. I was supposed to see Brett Favre play, and then, people... and then the trip fell through when I was a kid. Yeah. I'm trying to remember who was Minnesota's quarterback when I saw them play the, the Saints play the Vikings. Might have been Gus Farratt, so I don't know if that counts or anything. I don't remember. Also, shout out Brett Favre to leading the Saints to the Super Bowl. We appreciate that. <laughs> Keith says, I would say Archie Manning. Cody and Tupelo says, surprisingly, the worst I've seen in person was 2018 Joe Burrow in the Mississippi State game. He could barely complete a pass that good. day. Yeah, wasn't good. Robert Oak Grove says, Dylan Try, I tried banging that drum and nobody wanted to believe me. <laughs> uh, it turns out he just needed an NFL coach for that one season to yeah. unlock that potential, and boom. I can't find this box score, so I guess I give up. Another vote for Dante Culpepper. Said it would have been Tebow, but he did throw those two pick sixes. John Forcade yeah. says Tim and Tupelo. Brad and Burnsville says Cam. Yeah, Cam. Cam One of the best individual seasons at the position in the history of the sport. We're short on time. We'll be right back. More of your messages. This is fun. We'll get to those when we come back. It's time for more Sports Talk Mississippi. Finally. Finally. On Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you. I uh, just want to apologize in advance. We've gotten so many texts that we're not going to be able to read them all. So if we don't read yours, I promise we're not ignoring it. It's just if we did, we would uh, be running this show until 9 o'clock tonight. So we appreciate you. We thank you. We're going to try to get to as many as we I mean, can within reason. But no, nothing, nothing guys like more than just randomly throwing out sports names. Isn't that the I'll best? All day. Kevin Pitsnoggle. Yeah. <laughs> Who can't forget him? <laughs> you got me on that one. Yeah. <laughs> or Owen Schmidt, Antonio remember him? Bastardo. The West Virginia fullback that used to just beat his head yeah. on his helmet. Owen Schmidt yeah. is his name. That guy was yeah. the best. Yeah. Jeff, a state fan, saying Archie Manning was really good in his day. Yeah, it's... He's one of those guys that you just can't deny. Same thing with Dak at State. Like, he, there are Ole Miss people that swears that he sucks in the NFL, and you know, in the playoffs, he hadn't been great. But you got to just tip your hat to a rival who was that good in college. You just have to. Thankful that he's gone, or something like that. 
Another message saw Doug Flutie this Saturday, or the Saturday he won the Heisman versus Holy Cross one week after that Miami game. That's cool. That's a good one. Darren says he's old. You're not old. You're just seasoned. Said I saw 4K play in 78. Get some uh, Steve McNair ones. That's a good. That's a fine choice in college, yeah, especially just a, a different level of athlete was so so far ahead of everybody else. I mean, the SWAC produces great football players. Don't get me wrong, but McNair at that time, it's like playing men with boys. His stats look fabricated. They do. They're they are. I'm playing NCAA on freshmen. You know. I'm just I'm just here to win. Uh so won the Heisman. He had five thousand eight hundred yards of total offense in one season. Yeah. That's by the way, this is college football in like nineteen ninety five. All right. That's yeah. a good year now. That's a good year now for a quarterback. Think about that. Man. Yeah, that was that was nineteen ninety four. He threw for forty he had 47 touchdowns on 5,377 passing yards and ran for another 904. Yeah, monster. It's, it's unfathomable. We've got some uh, some mentions for Reggie Collier. That's a name that you might not know, but a quarterback at Southern Miss that was born 30 years too early. If he had come around in this day and age of college football, of the day of the mobile quarterback, he might have won a Heisman Trophy. That good, huh? Dominant football player. Oh, he was so good. So good. But played at a, a time when it just wasn't... You know, mobile quarterbacks, Just they, they, didn't, they didn't mean what they mean now. If you get any USM fan on here and ask them, that's all Reggie Collier play, they'll tell you. I, I, would, I would submit, for me, that I would take Collier above Favre as the greatest USM quarterback in terms of what they did in college. Yeah. A lot of people feel this message. Don't ever think I felt as helpless as a fan as I did in 2012 and 13 against Manziel. Both of them because of the scheduling quirk happened in Oxford, too. Yeah, for <laughs> Ole Miss, yeah. I always, uh, always remember, I will never forget, so 13 was my first year covering the team, right? I didn't go to the A&M game, but State lost. It was a, it was a tight game. It was 51-41, really fun game. Manziel threw for like 450 yards. And you go to talk to Mullen on Monday, and he's like, oh, yeah, well, all week we uh, we focus on stopping uh, stopping him in the running game. <laughs> so he just threw in the in the game. He only had like 30 yards rushing. They did that. They, could, they achieved that goal, but he had 440 <laughs> yards passing. Hey, baby steps or something. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. 1985 Memorial Stadium versus Alcorn. That is awesome. Willie Totten, he says. Satellite offense. Man, they used to put up some numbers. Skipping a few of the repeats. Again, please forgive us if uh, if we don't get to them all. Johnny Rogers, Nebraska. That's one I haven't seen yet. He didn't play quarterback, though. He was a wingback. We get one more on Manziel. It's just... Different word. For, forget Manziel. My Texas A&M fan cousin and his wife came to Starkville and watched the game with us. It sucked. It was it was awful. <laughs> I will never forget. That. I mean, that that was a game. 
he sucked the air out of that stadium on the first drive, and, and it never came back. Never. State was never in that game. Doug Flutie. This is from Curry and Tupelo. Doug Flutie, college and pro. Uh, wasn't he the? That's cool. Was it him that that drop kicked extra points as well? He did. He did one in the NFL. That needs to come back. Stan and yeah. Tupelo says Byron Leftwich beating Roethlisberger. Yeah, that's that's a good game. Seeing those two go head to head. Yeah, it is. Louis says the three Mannings in college and Favre in the NFL. Hey, Todd, there's a reason for that. There's a reason for that, Todd. Saw Jerry Rice at Valley. I know he's not a quarterback, but still, yeah, just getting to see Jerry Rice play is. Another guy you talk about, I mean, he's in. why is he in the swack? <laughs> it's like some, somebody send that kid a scholar. What would the transfer portal have done for Jerry Rice? My God, his his senior year, he might have gotten a million dollar contract in nineteen eighty four, which would have translated to like seventy five million based on inflation right yeah. now. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> what would if Jerry Rice today hit the transfer portal? Realistically, re, like what would he get if he hit the transfer Coming, portal? Well, what collective would give him? Hold on, I, I gotta see, I, I gotta know his stats. So hold on, let me see if I can find his college stats. So I can tell you what he did. All right. Uh, please be on here. Oh, it's not on here. Come on. Uh, okay, here we go. The Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame will certainly have it. So uh, this is his senior year, right? So let's find him a COVID year, okay? In his senior year, he had 103 catches. He had three three straight years of a thousand yards receiving. He had twenty seven touchdowns in a season. Okay, yeah, this kid Jerry Rice gets easily seven figures from Alabama, Florida, all those every school in the country. The, their collectives would come up with money for him. Absolutely, a few million well, more think, more than one million dollars. Think about what that McNair season you just mentioned. What what does Steve McNair get out of the transfer portal? I mean, with 5,000 total yards and 50 touchdowns. I mean, that's just crazy to think about. I wish I could find these actual stats. That's, that's, that's bothering me. Oh, is this it? While you're trying to find it, a diehard Alabama fan says Cam Newton was by far the best quarterback I've ever seen live. You'll, you'll get a ton of those from, from my age group, for sure. Cam Newton is just hard just Best individual season that led to a championship in my lifetime. Manziel never won a championship. That holds him down. Jerry Rice's senior year, he had 103 catches for 1,682 yards and 27 touchdowns in 11 games. 11 games, yeah, that's that's a few million dollars. Uh, yeah, Texas A&M would have dropped him eight figures. I wonder what twenty-seven. Like, what is the what is the record? Is it is it more than twenty-seven now? I do not know. A vote for Phil Robertson at Louisiana Tech. Corey says I was at that Tennessee game in '94. Played Georgia at Georgia the next year. Went to it. We lost. Johnny Football was the best. And saw and I saw Shane Matthews play. It it would still be tied. And this is only now. This is only uh. 
FBS. They're not. They don't have Jerry Rice on this list. But Troy Edwards caught 27 in 1998 at Louisiana Tech. Randy Moss second with 26 in 1997 at Marshall. That's insane. That's just mind blowing. He ended up making pretty decent money, though. I, I think as a pro, so it, it worked. Even though he was pre NIL, right? Yeah, he I, did I think okay. He did okay. He's doing fine. Yeah. Jody and Pontox says the best individual quarterback performance he's seen was Rodgers in 2021 against Auburn. For one game, I mean, he was really, really good in that game. There's no question about that. Cam Newton, going back to him, like, it's hard to believe that a guy who only played one season, I mean, he played in, what, 14 games of college football, and you can make a, a, a strong argument that he's the greatest college quarterback of all time. A ton more of your messages. We'll uh, continue on this for uh, a little while longer. Anyway, we appreciate all you guys being a part. God knows we don't want to talk about baseball. Yeah, there's. Uh, give us a reason to, and we will. How's uh, how's that? Six zero one eight seven nine forty three ninety five is the text line. More quarterback nostalgia when we come back. Sports in Mississippi. You'll hear about it here. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. I just saw a text. Yeah? They get that, that now we're going to really work it here. So he said he saw... Let me see if I can read it again here. I saw Jerry Rice play quarterback at the Greenville YMCA. So I, I misread it, but that's fine. Who's the best quarterback you saw in high school? Now, so I, I, don't, about, I haven't know. really gone to high school games absent the ones I was playing in. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, who's the best high school quarterback? Is the best high school quarterback you played against somebody who played college football? Yes. Okay. Um, Same here. Chase Dodd, probably, who went to Rutgers. Okay. Um, There's a guy at Spartanburg High, and his name's escaping me. He played at Michigan, but he didn't play quarterback, but they put him at quarterback because he was the best player on the field. Yeah. Yeah, I guess... It, it, his name was Chase Dodd. He, he played at Rutgers. His, his issue was he was short. They listed him at 5'11". He wasn't 5'11". But it, oh, God. He, he started games up so, there. He was the best high school quarterback I played against. This guy was a year ahead of me. So He was a sophomore, junior, se- senior when I was a freshman, sophomore, uh, junior. And uh, his name was Roger Reed. Played at Greenville St. Joe. I don't know how they were so far ahead of the curve, but they ran the run and shoot. In high school, and this kid, I mean, he he threw for I mean, this is high one A high school, two A high school football. I guess St. Joe is two A, and he threw for like three thousand yards because they threw the ball basically every play, and they had good receivers. They had a kid named Rod Straw that I remember he, he torched us. What a name! And uh, he signed with old he signed with Ole Miss out of uh, out of high school. Never really did anything in college, but I'll never forget this. This is one of my favorite high school stories. 
So, you know, you play a run-and-shoot team, right? You think, okay, we're going to drop guys into coverage, we're going to try to zone them. Our coach, our my junior year, came up with an idea. He's like, I'm tired of seeing everybody just drop into zone and nobody's stopping this guy. We're going to rush seven the whole game. We're going to play man coverage on those four receivers, and we're going to blitz. Roger Reed was the Clarion Ledger State Player of the Week after he played St. Aloysius that week. <laughs> He was he was something like twenty seven of thirty for three hundred yards and five touchdowns. That scheme didn't work so well. So, we're like, ah, we tried, we tried something different. That was the hardest I ever got hit in a football game. Too it was it? It was there in Greenville. I got left in on punt coverage, which I was not on because speed was not a a, a, a thing that I have ever possessed. And I never saw the guy. I have no to this day. I don't know where he came from. But man, he lit me up. I remember getting off and walking off to the sidelines, taking my helmet off, and there was, my coach was crazy. He's like, leave your helmet on. I was like, I can't see. Uh, an ammonia rag or something here. Jeez. Just get some smelling salts. You'll be all right. Yeah. Um, this player I played against was Marcus Lattimore. Hey, you told us that. Yeah. yeah. That he's, he's, Part of the reason why I feel so strongly as I do about NIL. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because yeah, he, got, he got hurt. Both of his knees. So, he obviously didn't play a ton, you know, playing at a 1A school, didn't play against a ton of guys. Uh, played against the Killy King from St. Andrews, who, who played, he went to the, uh, he went to the, he went to West Point and played college football there. Um, Reed would be on my list. I played against, you remember Tobias Singleton? Yeah. I played against his, his, uh, uncle. When that back when it was East Flora High School, his name was Michael, but his nickname was Turbo. And buddy, a more <laughs> properly named human being you ain't never met. That guy got the ball in the open field and he was gone. That's one of the that is one of the fastest people I've ever seen in my life. Incredible. Getting a lot of votes. Well, for Turbo Singleton. Cam Akers here on the text line. He was special. That's a good choice. Yeah. Michael Spurlock. Michael Spurlock in high school was a different guy, yeah. J.P. John Purvis. Mangum, of course, that's Jake's dad. Yeah, at Pelahatchee, really good player. Altmeyer. Altmeyer was good in high school. I, I don't remember if I ever went to Starkville to see him play. I saw Brady Davis at Starkville when he had A.J. Brown, who could make anybody look good. A.J. Brown is the best high school football player I've ever seen. I never saw Cam Akers live, but I saw A.J. Brown a couple times, and I was like, I have no idea how a, a high school cornerback would ever cover this guy. And, and they they didn't really. They didn't do a good job. Didn't, yeah. didn't really happen in college either. Uh, doesn't happen much yeah. in the NFL either. Honestly, uh, Chris had to play against Jonathan Banks at East Webster. Ooh, Oof. Jeremy Liggins at Lafayette. That's a good one. Romero Miller is a good one. Somebody's got uh, this. is A good list. Cam Akers, Michael Spurlock, and do you know who Demarius Bilbo is? I don't. He is a very interesting story. That's somebody I would like to interview on the show. He was a state championship winning quarterback at Moss Point. He went to Georgia Tech and played a few years there. Now he is the lead NFL agent for Clutch Sports. He's the top NFL agent in the biggest, most powerful agency in the world. Holy crap. And he's from Moss Point. That's a guy I would love to get on this show. Holy crap. I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. That's a cool story, yeah. He represents Jarvis Landry, like, Melvin Gordon, Alvin Kamara, among others. Yeah. 
He was like the first, he was the guy that Rich Paul built the NFL wing around. He was like the first hire. So if he's from Ross Point, then he and uh, Devin Booker, I, I assume, have some connections. Well, we're talking about probably 20 years apart. But I mean, just. They might have some connections. Yeah. They might, but I mean, I'm just saying, like, they, they don't. They wouldn't. They were not at Moss Point at the same time. I, I still. I wish somebody would have had a uh, or put a microphone in front of the face of um, was it Kylie Jenner when Devin Brook when yeah. Devin Booker brought her to to Moss Point to to meet some family. I would love to know. Hey Kylie, what did you think about Mississippi? Tell tell us more. What are, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Ooh, Derek Pegues, That's a good one. Played with Reggie Slack. Oh, man, oh, that's, that's an old-school name. name. Yeah, great player for Auburn. By the way, somebody said earlier that Jerry Rice hangs out in Starkville, and asked, and they asked if you'd seen he him. Does. That, does he? Well, he I, I have I've seen him at, uh, a time or two. I've never like gone up to him or anything. His And I don't understand why you think the family would be set for life, but his sister worked with my wife for a long time. So I, I don't know why that is, but they did. Maybe they're very big on, I don't need your help, brother. I love you, but don't give yeah. me anything. Yeah. Got a lot of votes for, for uh, Cam Akers, but there should be. Dupree, yeah. Marcus Dupree, I mean, not a quarterback, but obviously the probably the greatest high school football player in the history of the state. You ever read the book? You ever, you ever read The Courting of Marcus Dupree? I have not. That's one you've seen you the documentary, from, by, by William. By William. Well, I mean, the 30 for 30 is it's not really the same. Because this is all about the high school stuff. It's just him in high school. And uh, obviously written by Willie Morris, who's very famous up there in Oxford. And, uh, yeah, you should, you, should, you should go find that book and read it. it, it it's, it's kind of a must-read for living in this state. You should read that, and you should read uh, Confederacy of Silence, which is about a state championship-winning quarterback who ends up getting convicted of murder. He's from Greenwood. It's a really good book. And it, it takes you into high school football in the 80s. So Jerry Rice is like is a Mississippi State fan. Dwayne sends us a picture of himself and Jerry rocking, which by the yeah. way is an excellent hoodie. That like kind of that state faded script. maroon with the state script. That that's a good look right there. Yeah. I, I didn't know that. I mean, so he's he's like a he's, well, a he's from now. he's from Crawford. I mean he's yeah. from right down the road. And, and my guess is if you know Mississippi State wasn't running the wishbone and people were smarter back in the day, he would have been a Mississippi State Bulldog because you had him right there on your doorstep. Did you ever figure out why CC Sabathia was at a Mississippi State baseball game last week? He he has connections to Gerangelo. Really? Yeah, I think that their their kid because you know CC is I mean he's an, an international guy. I think yeah. they the kids played on some his, his kid and Gerangelo played together at some point or something like that. Cool. Because people thought that like he was there to see Vander, somebody from Vanderbilt, and then they found out no, he's he's they 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 saw him after the game just chatting it up with Gerangelo. They need to get Cece a hat and a jersey and a clipboard and get him to, get him to come yeah. help out. <laughs> might That's what I'm might fix yeah. some of the pitching, new, new pitching woes. Coach. Yeah, hey, Cece, yeah. can you just... I mean, even if it's just for 15 minutes, come watch names. a bullpen. You know, let's see what we got Billy here. Hamilton, good choice. This guy saw Reggie Collier at, in high school. I bet he was a monster. And then Kevin Fan at South Panola. Or, sorry, against South Panola. He was a Kevin Fan, another... That great Moss Point quarterbacks. It is so funny it's, to watch Moss elite Point. level players in high school. It, it, it's just like the yeah. Billy Madison well, especially, scene. especially when you get a team. But like there, there's, there's, there's some South Panola teams. I mean, South Panola 
90, 93, I think. My, my, I guess that would have been my, my senior year of high school. They had two NFL starters. Shea Townsend and Dwayne Rudd played for South Panola. I mean, that's two guys who spent a decade in the NFL on one Mississippi high school football team. Jeez. I mean, is, is it any, is it any surprise they won, they won the state championship? And then they had, you know, four or five other guys who all played in college. You know, Kevin Cooper was on that team. Yeah. Um, Paul Morgan. I'm trying to remember. They had they had another they had a, a, a another running back or something. I can't remember. Beat Warren Central when I was you know who was no, really good that year. And Warren Central that year had two or three guys that played college football. So it's been a fun uh, last 45 minutes or so with you. We'll uh, wrap up the show next. We appreciate all of you that have texted. And again, there's been so many we can't get to them all. We appreciate each and every one of you, though. We'll, we'll wrap it up, get to as many as we can when we come back. Talk Mississippi. Your all-access pass to all things sports in Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. On the Super Talk app, your local Super Talk station, and at supertalk.fm. Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you one more time. Cat State baseball coming up tonight here very shortly. Haydad, there was an omission in the lineup that I guess we got some clarity on, correct? Yeah, Bryce Chance out tonight. They said uh, people who were at the game were saying he's limping a little bit. So he got hurt Tuesday night, so he's not in the lineup for Mississippi State. Uh, and then they made some some changes to the lineup anyway. Uh, Colton Ledbetter is DHing. Connor Hijack in center. Dakota Jordan in left. Uh, Slate Alford at third, which is surprising. And uh, everything else is as it was. Hancock behind the plate tonight. Hines at first. Highfield has the night off. There we go. Important series, that's for sure. We get uh, a few more of your messages as much as we can. DK Metcalf at Oxford, especially against A.J. Brown and Starkville in the Little Egg Bowl. Somehow, some way, yeah. people counted DK. I mean, you had people uh, that somehow could see D.K. Metcalf play football and think that he was not a top-ten player in the state of Mississippi. Uh, <laughs> and then NFL always, teams. One thing that were that about their, their recruitment, I always remember people saying like they would never play together. They, they, there was like this rumor that A.J. hated D.K. They hated each other. Yeah, And apparently not true. Not at all. They, they're, uh, they're tight. But, I mean, even NFL teams, yeah. all 32 of them passed on him at least once. Uh, just, Same with AJ. Uh, it's mind blowing, and you had to deal with Anthony Richardson today. By the way, oh boy, did he throw great deep balls! But I did see so a reporter say that the feedback that he got from a couple of the scouts there that he talked to were like, you know, the arm's impressive. He's an impressive athlete, but not accurate enough. And I thought, how did you need pro day to see that when you can watch the tape and see that? But anyway, we're learning. Uh, remember this, that draft with, with A.J.? The Saints traded up in the second round. They ended up drafting Cesar Ruiz. But I thought for sure they were going to take A.J. I was like, here we go. Here we go. Give Breeze, A.J. Brown, let's go. And uh, it didn't happen. Leon Sarkle, by the way, says, Connor Stevens, he got called for holding in a face mask on the same play, trying to block him as a five foot 175-pound right tackle. Connor Stevens was a stud back in the day for Ackerman. Yes, no question. Oh man, is, uh, this was awesome. BJ got to see Walter Payton play. That a boy. 
This Columbia was High School. Yeah. It, we, we I get, love getting into the Mississippi High School because so many people have seen so many different people. You know, I mean, if you're from one part of the state, you saw 10, 12 guys that became college superstars. But if you're from another part, you didn't see those guys, but you saw 10 or 12 other guys. It, you know? People will start giving the state its due eventually. But, mm-hmm. but my gosh, man, the, the we per capita, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can make a legitimate argument, a really legitimate argument, the greatest running back and the greatest receiver of all time. Really, there's no argument on the receiver. But the running back, I mean, if people, you want to argue against Walter Payton, that's fine. But you've got those two. I mean, you can make a pretty decent argument on Jackie Slater maybe being the best left tackle of all time. He's, he's going to be in the top ten, I would think. You know, Favre as a quarterback, maybe not the greatest of all time, but he's in the top ten, wouldn't you think? It's up there. I mean, I mean, yeah. So I mean, and the, I mean, and none of those guys, like, none of them are from Jackson, right, or Biloxi, or Tupelo, right? And these are guys from you know Crawford, Mississippi, Columbia, Mississippi, Kill, Mississippi. I mean, I don't know where Jackie Slater's from off the top of my head, but I mean, and then you look at you know right now, Fletcher Cox from Yazoo, Chris Jones is from Houston. Uh, uh, I know I they're guess, college towns, guess, but Starkville and Oxford aren't big places. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what city Jeffrey Simmons is from. Yeah, he went to Knoxby County. I guess he's from Mabin. I could be wrong on that. That's not right. I don't think. What city is he from? Now, now I gotta know. We get this message. How was Ole Miss not any better than they were with AJ Brown and DK Metcalf and a pretty good quarterback defense? Macon, Macon, not Mabin. Yeah. Defense. They they couldn't they could not stop anybody. Also, uh, DK yeah. spent a lot of time hurt in college as well. DK was hurt especially because they put him on special teams. No. You gotta put your best players out there. Uh, apparently like, so. The third but, of the game. Yeah, they couldn't third stop anybody. Game. I mean, they they scored points. They just they couldn't stop anybody. That's how. Quarterbacks that and wide receivers defense. can win half of a football game. That 2018 Ole Miss defense is. One, I mean, you go back and look at that. That they couldn't stop. They literally, you're, you're, you're at your assessment is correct. They literally couldn't stop anybody. No, uh, shocking that a yeah. Division One football team had a defense as bad as that one. It, shocking. Yeah. So that's that's how that happened. It uh, will always be a question asked: How are they so bad? Well, because you're not talking about any NFL players from the other side of the ball on that team, are you? And that's no. it. A lot of fun today. We appreciate you guys hanging out. Enjoy your baseball tonight. We'll talk a, a lot of baseball tomorrow as well. Southern Miss's spring game. If Luke's got some time, he'll join us to, to preview that, tell you what to look for. We'll talk about it after the fact as well next week. But in the meantime, enjoy your night. Hopefully, enjoy your baseball. And we'll see you tomorrow at 3. Y'all have a good one.
Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services A Super Talk Mississippi media production.